I am unashamed. What about you? Every spot that you could put a person in that duck blind, there was a person there. And we were all ready. Even Gawain showed up today. I hadn't seen Gawain <laughs> since last duck season. Well, that took up two spots. That did take up two spots. <laughs> we had a, my long-lost daughter was seated beside me, so I don't know. Phyllis is still trying. She's, I mentioned this before, she's the college star that goes to the NFL, and she's still trying to catch up to the speed of the game. Well, that, that was interesting. <laughs> well, no. she can well. shoot one, but here's what happened. So so the ducks didn't show. Not a lot of wood ducks lit in the decoys. It was pretty, you know, but it – Usually when it's going to be a shoot It had been regular duck season, we'd have killed 30. Well, right. But, I mean, they, they haven't been shot at. So what ducks? Wrong species. I think that's Cancel an off. illusion, though, <laughs> technically. Once you fire a shot, they tend to get smarter. Oh, that's right. So at 740, which we were going to leave at 745, I looked down at, at my phone and said, oh, it's 740, <laughs> let's give them five more minutes. And when I looked up and I heard as I'm looking, three teal, coming wide open straight down into the decoys. So I waited a second. They lit. I waited a second because I knew the cameraman, who's also a rookie, I, I knew he needed some time to get this on camera because that just happened in three seconds. So I waited, I waited, I waited, and one of them started looking nervous. The middle one started looking nervous, and so I said, do it but when i said do it they attempted to get up and it was just now the listeners and they're thinking what's he rambling about but what what they don't realize is we wait all year these ducks raise in the canadian prairies and the dakotas yeah that's where they came from they're going to the yucatan and mexico they fly over the Gulf of Mexico, <clears throat> and that's where they winter. We're just catching them when they come through North Louisiana. What people don't realize is it, it's a phenomena worth watching. Just yeah. being there and seeing it. Because you look up and you say, you look up in the sky and you see 200 blue-winged teal, and they just come, just here they come. <laughs> like a... It's a, like a big wind. Yeah. It'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck because you know how far they've traveled just to get to here. And yeah. I mean, they're up They're up the next day, here today, and they look up the tomorrow, tomorrow, not a sign of one. They all pass through. They just all gather up. But will they have one thing that lets us know that we better be there? And that's if you catch a little coup front, just a little wave coming out of, the Canadian prayers coming on down. Yep. Well, you get a pretty good sweeping of the coup front. The wind shifts out of the northwest. It's like like turning on a switch because that's when that's when the action picks up. So you wait all year. It's an exciting thing. <laughs> but if you've never seen it before or participated, you'd think, what are you doing out there? Right. Well, Plus, while I'm at it, just remember there's just so much mischief that can happen on planet Earth. But a duck blind you know, with Bibles in tow is a pretty safe way to, to spend the morning. Yeah, we had a good Bible study this morning. and uh, No profanity, no loud hollering and get people, yeah, 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 no <laughs> hatred, none of this vitriol, and all that's gone. You're just sitting there quietly drinking coffee. There was not that, even that, any that, quiet hollering. No. Now, that was, that was the sentence levied on us when me and Jep came out of the world and you guys had the intervention. I remember the... The, the sentence was, you have to go duck hunting every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, part of your, that was part of your repentance. It was called a house arrest. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's where, that's arrest. where we do all of our psychiatric dealings, <laughs> is, is in a duck blind. Yep. You know, you can't get away. You're there. You don't know how you got there. You don't even know where you are. So it, 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 well, it, it must have been just what you needed, Zach, because now you're, you're quite the <clears> theologian <throat> apologist. So that, that, those early days of duck blind... Uh, Theology and psychology must have worked on you. Yeah, it was a. It was about a the whole period of time. What, what is it? Sixty days of duck season, but you have a, 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 a what two weeks split a little break in, in there. Yep. Yeah. So we're talking whatever the, the two two and a half months in an incubator in a spiritual incubator, 
that was it, it was it was very um, needed at the time. I'll, I'll put it to you that way because we needed that. We needed to get out of where we were at and get and just be saturated with godly men and and the and the word of God and it worked for us. Yep. Well, we had the guy on the the guy from I think it was from Oklahoma was on here and he does men's groups and he was talking about that that there's a certain amount of just bonding that happens. If you put it in a spiritual context, no matter what you're doing, whether you're hunting or different activities, it it, it brings people together. And you I can have a lot of said. fun without having a lot of evil. Yeah. It's more fun to be sober minded. Right. Oh, I, I've talking said. quietly. And I mean, just what you're seeing, birds coming out of the air. I mean, they fly over their jet and you're like they light on the water. Now they're a boat paddling around. They dive down to get their food, a lot of them. Now they're a submarine. I mean, whatever department in salt water dreamed that duck up, I'm just looking at it thinking, no, no, salt water didn't make that thing. A jet, a submarine, and a boat all at the same time. And he's flying 75 miles an hour. They've tracked them, these blue-winged teal. 70, 75 Is miles an hour. And no feathers leaving him. I mean, all of his feathers are intact. He's good to go. I mean, you get to looking at him, you're like, boy, these things. So I said he put that to the test because yeah. one was flying right alongside of him on the interstate. He's told that story a hundred times. He's like, a, a teal flies 71.5 yeah. miles an hour. I was like, well, where'd you get that? He said, because when I was on interstate, when I went to 70, he said there was one just flagging along with him. And he said... No, nope, no, nope, seventy-two. No, nope, I'd, I'd start leaving him, <laughs> and he would get. He said, "So I can tell you, this is dangerous." Oh. I don't know why he tells that. I was like, "How long does this go on?" He's like, "Oh, he's following me around." No, no, hey, no, hey, which means, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so what I find fascinating though is the presentation. Those ducks came from Canada. Probably they were there yesterday. It wouldn't have shocked me. <clears throat> They might and, have traveled 200, 300 miles this morning. I mean, they're Four flying hours. so fast. Oh. And, and, I mean, I've been on I've been on enough planes to realize you're getting places in a hurry. Oh, yeah. And so, and they look at our presentation, and they thought they were ducks. Oh, I mean, yeah. here's, I don't know how many, six or eight men and one woman in a, in a blind. And, and we were pretty loud at this point in the hunt because nobody thought this was going to happen. And I even feel the most optimistic duck hunter in the world. Because I had just said, he said, son on the decoy, son on the decoy. I said, well, that means it's over <laughs> because teal fly early. But sure enough, that but they thought those were ducks, which that kind of gets my juices flowing because there was no doubt. They would not have come. How far would you say they were from us? 25. 25 yards. I, I, I thought this was a little closer, but yeah, they weren't. They were not over 25 yards. And it's not easy to get wild animals to come that close to you when well, you got that saying. many people. Yeah. I mean, it was. Of course, the last time the last time we got them, I guess, I mean, unless y'all have done it the last time I was there, um, it was like late, almost the last Saturday, I think, of the teal season. No weather event, nothing. It's kind of the old deal. In fact, we were doing a shooting a commercial afterwards, so we had a little film crew Behind the blind, remember that? Oh yeah, Bob DeMoss. And oh, I remember. There were like seven of us there, and I mean, they started coming well, in it, bunches of a hundred. Yeah, it and, ruined those people though, because they were like, "We can't believe y'all do this every day." I said, "We don't do this every day." You hit a one in ten year happening. We killed forty two teal in about fifteen minutes. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. a happening. It was a whacking. They I was just going, said, I'd never <laughs> seen anything like it, right. and I didn't realize that. Well, I hadn't either. But <laughs> Cause it should have been filming instead of hollering. <clears throat> well, they weren't really they, set up to they, film it. And then Sinky that day left because he said, well, I thought y'all had another film. Now, he got offended. He got his feelings hurt because he thought we hired a different camera crew. But it was somebody for a well, totally different shoot. I know, but it was miscommunication. Involved. By the way, reeling back about 40, 45, 40, 45 years ago, I came in and told y'all, y'all were young bucks then, just kids. I said, we're going to film ourselves shoot ducks. And they said, y'all said to me, we're going to do what? I said, we're going to film ourselves shoot ducks, duck hunting. We're going to film it. There's nobody has any kind of footage on duck except wide world of sports with Kurt Gowdy yep. way back. He's passed on now. 
but they had a little bit of that in Stuttgart. I said, I think, I think it's what helps sell duck calls if we filmed ourselves shoot ducks. I think just you what it's said like. we're going to make a movie about duck hunting. I think your original plan. And y'all laugh. You said that. Well, you said we're going to make a movie about duck hunting. That's funny. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Truthfully, though, that was that was kind of the birth. I, I know it wasn't the birth of reality TV, but you were doing reality TV before it was cool because what it. made your videos stand apart was that they were real. Right. You you would you would make fun of. I remember you shooting the water moccasin, and you were doing. You would do stuff uh, that was just. Yep. You, you weren't supposed to do it because shock was, and all. The first oh, yeah, year, <clears throat> the first year, we had made a DVD. We sold about fifty, and I said, and that was to everybody down here. I said we're on a roll. I said, I told y'all it'd work. So <laughs> about the Why did fifth, nobody believe him? Nobody believed it. I just kept cranking out a little DVD every year. Well, it got to about number five. I'd made five DVDs. We were, yeah. we were having a film shoot. We put it all together. When I got to about number five, I looked back at what number one did, sold 50. In steps Walmart and stocks their stores, every one of them that has ducks, you know, outdoor stuff. And when they did that, without me really realizing it, they made us a national product just like that. Well, they could see the duck calls in action. They could see the banner that were living. They see the ducks. And that's where it started. And I looked up one day, and that long green started coming in. I said, yeah. But but at first, it was laughable. Everybody laughed. I, I didn't laugh. I said, yeah, I'm renting these cameras, and they're coming from Dallas, Texas, via a jet aircraft, and I didn't even have anybody to run them. So up there around the church, the brothers, I said, can any of y'all know how to work a camera? And they said, well, we never did it before. We could try it. I said, I want to hide you out there and just film what happens. That's all we need to do. That's how we started. And they did, and that's what then it took off. Wow. I was trying to find that. At one point, somebody told me on YouTube they've got that scene, and I can't remember what number it was from. It was one of the earlier ones where you shot that deer. It was a running a deer running oh, yeah. through the decoy. They're still talking about that. They still t- I ran well, into because just- it was right on the line of illegality <laughs> also. That was another thing, because a lot of states, you can't shoot a deer in, in water like that and really? you know in louisiana as well, long as was, he's not it, swimming well i mean you can't shoot a deer while you're ducking like out of a but boat, you can but... in louisiana as long as he's not swimming i mean you were just right on the line well somebody <laughs> saw that and thought this got to be illegal i mean it's like me cleaning the doves in the parking lot this can't be legal in america <laughs> so it called you know there's most things that are controversial we romance the story a little bit because <laughs> After I pulled the shot off, which was a deer running through backwater at about 150 yards left to right, and I, I he stepped down a little hole, and I just nicked him. Well, he took off running. Well, I led him like a duck with a high-powered rifle. I led him about 10 yards. <laughs> you know, he's way over there. Boom. And he just did a He did a cartwheel. <clears throat> a cartwheel. Well, then... Me and Jace, I said, Jace, what do we need to say? No, Phil, it it, it happened just like it did. <laughs> I you, thought was, we I thought we romanced the story. No, you, he. I said, do you I got saw, him on that cover? I saw the deer turn the flip, and I thought, what am I going to say to that? Because this just happened. But I looked over at Phil, and he was sipping on his coffee, and I thought <laughs> like we do this every day. <laughs> well, he didn't say anything. I just said, you got some more of that coffee, and he went, yeah. <laughs> Then we, it's like a, it, it, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime shot. Everybody that's watching it is like, oh my goodness! And then the, and y'all's reaction was, you got some more of that coffee because he was, was drinking good. coffee, which I found yeah. ironic. Now then, the next thirty minutes, we we tried to say something. Oh, the deer came out, but then when we watched all that, we did because we were the editor. Go with what happened. We said. Just go with what happened. Because they were well, saying, why'd you ask for some more coffee? I said, because I was so shocked that he just made that shot and he was drinking coffee. And he wasn't saying that. And, and we didn't. We assumed that our cameraman, which was his first day, didn't even get it. I mean, you got to remember that. <laughs> but he totally now. Let's take a break. So, Jace, you like meat, right? Are you a meat yes. man? Oh, it's God's grocery store. 
I visit it almost daily. You're not vegetarian or pescatarian, right? The first time I heard pescatarian, I literally thought there were people from the planet Pesca <laughs> that we had found. <laughs> it was it was a fish world somewhere somewhere off in the no, universe. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, Pesca well, means fish. So so we have some family members that are that are pescatarian. They only eat fish. They don't eat beef or or pork or chicken, but, but whatever. They, they married in. They married in. So uh, one of the things that we love about one of our sponsors, our new sponsors, Good Ranchers, is that they provide American grass-fed beef because about 80%, and I didn't realize this until I talked to these guys, of the beef that's sold in the U.S. isn't actually raised here. It's brought in from somewhere else. It's imported, which, you know, I'm thinking, I want some good American beef. And so that's what these guys do. Uh, you can sign up and they'll send it to your house on a regular basis, or you can just order from them, but it's really good. They got T-bones, fillets, strips, burgers, better than organic chicken, they call it. So you go to goodranchers.com and you can buy now or subscribe today and you save 20% off each box of their meats. Subscribing brings the cost down to less than $5 a meal. So it's very affordable. So you get a an additional $20 off and free express shipping if you go to goodranchers.com slash fill or use the code fill at checkout. That's $20 off, free express shipping, goodranchers.com slash fill. Use the code fill and get you some good meats. Well, it's kind of like, and I guess it's in the blood, Dad, because um, Stone tells whenever BK, my granddaughter, your great-granddaughter, at the time she was 11, I mean, but she's a really good shot. Of course, you know, she lined it. You know, he's got her Which set up. disturbing to some people. Yeah, exactly. 11-year-old girl. I mean, she can shoot. And But, you know, she's a little kid, so you think she's going to get all – she she drops that deer. She just puts her gun down and sits down, never says no jumping around, no high five. Right. She just sits – of course, you know, Cy was in there with him, and Cy and Jay are high-fiving. And now, all. that's the first time she cranked up. Now she's a deer-killing machine. Well, so I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her, obviously, but I'm somewhere with her, and I say, this is our deer killer right here. And they'll say, well, how many did you kill? And she said, last year or overall? <laughs> <laughs> she killed four last year, that's awesome. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. I was kind of, That's why I never really got into deer hunting outside of just for the enjoyment of eating them. Because yep. the first one I shot, I thought, Huh, I thought that would have been more exciting. So but. so the point I was going to make was that uh, it's on YouTube somewhere. Cause so now we did the videos, as you said, DVDs. We sold some. But because of the Internet now, so millions of people now have seen that one scene because somebody clipped it That's off correct. of it and puts it on the Internet. <clears throat> but all that shows you that, you know, the nature of that early business. You were right. What's you, interesting. You were a pioneer. I've never, I've never owned a cell phone, so it's kind of weird that. Right. Everybody gives this report, you know, and I'm like, so I'm, I'm, it's I a foreign object to at me. At this stage of your life, I just, I just, I wouldn't, wouldn't, worry I wouldn't get one. You're, all, you're <laughs> defying. Oh, I'm the... not going to get one. I don't need that. <laughs> Everybody I ask, what am I missing? I said, what am I missing if I don't have one? And they stop and they all say, you miss nothing, Mr. Robinson. I'm like, well, why fool with it? Well, you should have said, well, how come if you lose your phone right now, you're going to go into sheer panic and chaos? I'm glad, though, everybody else has a cell phone or they wouldn't be hearing what we're now saying. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a there's a I don't know if you all probably hadn't seen it, but there's a there's been a big story the last, I guess, about two weeks or week and a half of this woman who's a vlogger, just like you, Dad. You're a vlogger. The In the Woods is a video blog format. And she she's pretty well known on the internet because she makes she's a little cute girl in her twenties, and so she goes on a trip with her boyfriend out west, and she's taking all these videos, and so, you know, a few people are watching, but then all of a sudden she comes up missing. Oh yeah, I saw this. So then you're so now you're seeing her stuff all this whole thing. Of course, now it's a murder mystery. What's happened to her? She's you know her her parents are appealing. So this thing goes. Boyfriend's missing the, now. Well, the boyfriend comes shows yeah. up supposedly. Then he's gone again. So that's a bad. The, the police the never boyfriend. talked to him. Well, they found her body out in the yeah. Tetons in the middle of nowhere, and so it was a sad deal. But but what I thought about was that our culture now. The reason America was so interested was because you're watching all our videos and look, it's lovey dovey there and here they are at the beach and they're here and they're there and it looked like the perfect picture of a young couple in love, 
and somehow along the journey, it ends with him killing her or, or, or somebody killing her. Somebody killing her. It's um, pretty suspicious. It's, yeah, now they don't know where he is. But I just thought video is what did it. Like, that's what brought all the interest. Man. Have you seen that, Zach? Did you see the story? Oh, yeah, we kept up with it. It's, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's see if we can give the folks some good today instead of bad. It's some evil. <laughs> well, but I mean, to Al's point, I think Jesus was addressing that on the Sermon on the Mount. Because you can't know just by looking superficially at people. That's right. Even religious people. Exactly. I mean, the worst people in this story that we've been reading were the ones who were claiming to be godly. That's right. Yeah. So well, we're in about chapter seven. Do not. This is the way it is on the Internet, I'm sure, on Facebook. Do not judge, Jesus said, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Boy, that tends to make me not be judgmental of my fellow man. I'm like, point him to Jesus and he may curse you out, but I'll say, hey, let's think about it. When I read this, you get accustomed with some, and others say, "Man, I never heard that. I need to check that out." So I just lump it all together, but don't hold it against any of them. Mm -hmm. After I I read that text, when I read this, I read this last night, and it kind of hit me that I was like, "I think his whole point." When you look at this Sermon on the Mount, where he started with the kind of attitudes you need to have towards God, then he said, "I didn't come to, you know, abolish the law, but to fulfill it." I mean, what a statement. And then he starts taking all these things in the law and coming, commenting on it as in to say that he has some kind of knowledge about it that they don't. You know, most people, especially religious people, you commentate on what you think or you interpret what the law is. But here comes this Jesus. He's actually acting like he wrote it. Uh, yeah, because he got to some points later on, and he's like brushed it off. Now nah, you don't have to do that. Don't worry about that. So all of a sudden, you start thinking, well, who, what kind of authority are you claiming to have to have this? And then that's he start, what the law keepers kept asking. Well, then who he gave you the authority. Well, right. Then he said about the <clears throat> prophets, I came to fulfill what the prophets are written. So you think about all the imagination of people. And, and what they were looking forward to of the coming Messiah. And then here he comes saying not just that he's the one, but that he's fulfilling all these prophets and all these stories that everybody's gathered around a campfire and told through years and years and years and passed on to generations. And then you throw in statements like this, because what stood out in this statement was when he said, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. I mean, if I was standing there, I would thought, well, now who are you? To know how I'm going to be judged in the end. Jace, fast forward 2,000 years right at it. He was born 2021, give or take a year or two. And you say, why are there 25,000 different groups, churches, creeds coming out of one book? You say 25,000 different kinds of denominations because... I think some people miss that. A lot of people, I believe, (laughs) Phil, you're right. They're going through life. They're like, well, I'd like to get involved in church, but where in the world would you start? That's right. You got everybody, you know, from, I guess, one fringe would be a guy with a sign on a street corner saying the end is near. Some say this is wrong. Some say this is not wrong. Some say this is right. Some say this is wrong. I mean, all the way to people in buildings with rattlesnakes saying, here we go. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then all points in between. But I, you know, I'm bringing this up about him comp, you know, not, not really commentating on the law, but I guess legislating. And then he's fulfilling all these prophecies because he keeps saying that. And then he starts talking about, the last judgment and how you'll be judged. Well, it made sense to me where the last two verses of the Sermon of the Mount, after he he finishes in verse 28, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at this teaching. And I'm like, you think? I mean, it was a power packed sermon because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. So, that's when it, it kind of hit me that 
you know, when it comes to all these principles, even this, I mean, God is the judge. If you believe Jesus' claims, which we do, then that that's really overall his business. Yeah. When it comes well, to the judge, it's, it's worthy of note that after the don't be judgmental, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? You're not quite there yet. Let me just in. When all the time there is plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now watch this. Do not give dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. <laughs> He's just mm -hmm. talking about the personalities among human beings that you're fixing to go up against. And he was lining them out on what to do and what not to do. But you just look at that. That's a pretty tough read. Well, it, it is. Let's take another break. So, Zach, I'm hearing the word free a lot these days. You know, free health care, free college, free this, free that. Is, is that is that you think that's true? Everything's free. There are no, there, there are no free lunches. That's Ex what I think. Exactly. I agree. So one of our sponsors is a, is a company called Startmail. And they make the point that, you know, people talk about free email services like Gmail or Yahoo, but they aren't really free, just like all these government programs, because you're giving them information. You know, they're, they're supplying this. You're not giving them money, but they're taking your information and they're selling it to other people or they have it available to sell. So it makes it not so free. So this company, what they've done is they've created private email, truly private email. Every email can be encrypted. <laughs> Uh, which is really good. When you delete an email, it's actually gone forever. Not like you know the other places where it's still out there somewhere. So they they will will protect your email, which is kind of their thing. Cybersecurity is definitely a risk, and so these guys are going to help you be able to do that. So if you want to start securing your email privacy with Startmail, you can sign up today. You'll get fifty percent off your first year. You go to startmail.com/slash unashamed. That's start mail with a T start S T A R T mail.com slash unashamed 50% off your first year and protect your email. And it also shows you that there's going to be some people that just won't humble themselves. Oh, is what I get out of that last little segment. I mean, he looks at that and says, you know, you got to be judicious even. And you know, we have a cancel culture going on and they hear something you say or they read something you said 200 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> or you did something 200 years ago, and they will hold it against you the rest of till Jesus comes back. Right. I mean, they ostracize you on the spot. I, I found out where this guy pulled some sinful act because he, and, and they start there, and they just tear you to pieces no matter what you say. Right. You say, man, why don't you just forgive him and move on? I mean, you know, we all make mistakes, you included, right? And they're like, well, get that Bible out of it. I mean, I've run up on some mean people before. Well, right? just looking back at it, at, at you in the early days, I would say a good illustration of this was, you know, when, when you first started speaking, you were asked to do duck call demonstrations. Yep. And, and some of those were in fundraising uh, atmospheres, and the alcohol was flowing. And you would go in, you would do your duck calls, but you notice most of the room is drunk. And so to this point here, you realize that, you know, I'm not going to be able to really reach people with what I want to tell them in an atmosphere like that. So you quit doing those. Yep. And then you start accepting opportunities to go when people are sober-minded and will listen to the good news. So yep. I would say even you realized at some point early yep. that you had some pearls here, but you just didn't want to throw them out to people that weren't going to listen. That's right. And we're in a, in a position yep. to listen. So I, I, I would say illustratively, that's kind of what he's talking about. I have to confess, it is kind of fun, though, to share Jesus in a drunk setting. <laughs> it, 
I did it before that. Al, where, the, where were we at the, we were, at, the <laughs> at the gambling place? Yeah, was, we were in Memphis, <laughs> and it was a right. It was a rap party going on until you got up and they had a rap the band party. Well, me dispensed. And, uh, Willie and I went to a Canadian. <laughs> In this case that I've never seen a party fall 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 apart like that one did. Willie and I spoke. You were, at the, a, you were the buzzkill. Buzz yeah, he preached him right. Willie out the door. and I spoke at a Canadian. It was called the Canadian Woodstock, and it was a country music concert. Yep. And uh, I was like, "Well, now, you know, we only got one speech," and they were like, "Fine." <laughs> and this was like day three of it. And so we flew in there, walked out there in the crowd. And it was just so funny because people were like, do I put my drink down? <laughs> well, you know, and some of them were, hallelujah. It was, it was just, I don't know. I figured maybe the subconscious forget it. But I, he did say, don't, don't cast your pearls. I think the version that people remember this version, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Yeah. How do you, do, do you think... According to Jesus, the two greatest texts in the Bible is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor. You would think people would say, you know, it'd be a good world if we did that. I'm like, it'd be a lot better world. Yeah. We just love God and loved, loved each other. Well, why don't we try that for a while just to see? Right. And they're like, get out of here. You think you're not going to be able to? They just give up on it. They right. say no. That, that no. Well, and I like get that Bible yeah. out of my face. I, I like the I fact think. that when when Jesus was given this uh, illustration, I think he went back. You know, he was a, he worked as a as a carpenter. You know, for the first thirty years of his life, yeah. so he understood something about sawdust and planks. You know, that's what he was around his whole time. But it was such a such a hyperbolic. You know, picture he paints like he's like you got a plank sticking out of your eye. He said, if you'd get that out of there, you might could help this guy get the speck out. I thought this was funny. I, I thought mean, it was that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was like a humorous. But people are like, oh no, it's got to be you know divine, just divine order of things. But I'm like, hey buddy, I thought it was like a tongue in cheek. You're trying to well, get Paul a... did. Paul did the same thing in Galatians. If you remember, whenever uh, they were, he was Peter and the Judaizers were wanting to. Get everyone to, to be circumcised, and he was basically Paul's like, "Oh yeah, you go ahead and just cut it all off." Zach, you know look I mean? at look at the uproar <laughs> right. that came my way when I just quoted First Corinthians six nine and ten. I just quoted a Bible verse, and I mean, they yeah, but went, I yeah, think they didn't to, to know it was a Bible verse. <laughs> yeah. I didn't well, know it, it. To, to to your earlier point, I think it's this is interesting when you talk about the Pharisees because that's who really is the the villain here. But you gotta keep in mind, if you're a Pharisee in this day and age, that was a that was a symbol of of prestige. Now it's a bad thing because it's always tied to brood of vipers and hypocrites. But now it's a bad word. But it wasn't back then. And I think that when people talk about Pharisees today, they they want to equate them with church people, which can be true. But really, the marker of a Pharisee, it's in this text here. Here's the marker of a Pharisee is this: they do not dispense grace because they've right. not received it. Yeah. yeah, and that's the. I think that's where it mirrors today in our culture. Man, there's lots of, of of a Pharisaical mindset. Anybody who refuses to dispense grace, that that's a Pharisaical mindset right there. That's yeah. right. If they do that, it's probably because they haven't received grace. So. Yeah. yeah, and it takes humility. That's why James said, "Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up." So the idea is, you it's not you lifting you up; it's Him lifting you up. But that starts with humility. Which By is the way, <clears throat> He gave all this information on how to live, how to behave, how to be while you're on planet Earth. He spent three chapters on it. By the time you get to that, and I keep bringing it up, because by the time you get to Matthew 16, Al, he's saying, here's what's going to happen. Yeah, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they're going to mock, the, mock me, scourge me. They're going to put me on a cross. They're going to kill me. In three days, I'll, I'll, I'll come forth from the dead. And they all looked at each other. The disciples said, do what? <clears throat> he said, yeah, I'm fixing to die. Be buried and raised from the dead. It just seems like he's preparing them in Matthew 4, 5, and 6 on how to behave and telling them what God's like mm -hmm. and, 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 and seeing for the first time someone who had actually kept the law of Moses 
that they had been under for 1,500 years, all of a sudden you start talking about grace like Zach's talking about. It's a free gift, and you can't earn it. They're, they're saying, are you crazy? That's why he came. Right. He said, I, I'll do this for you, remove your sin, and raise you from the dead, give you immortality, and it'll be free. Right. <clears throat> they, they were just saying, how could this be? Right. It's just too great to even say, no way one man's going to do that. Well, that's what he did. That's what he did. And this is what he's leading to. <clears throat> Let's take another break. So we got a brand new sponsor, and I'm super excited about them. And I love their name, Pitbull Tactical. That's their name. I mean, you, that just sounds ferocious to me. Pitbull Tactical. Tell me about it. So what these guys do... Uh, is that you know they help gun owners who kind of have the aggravation that you don't have the right mag carriers. So whether you're on the range or during everyday carry, one of the aggravations of gun owners is having the right mag carriers on hand depending on what firearm you're going to be carrying that day. And so these guys have come up with a universal fix. Anything from 9mm, 45 ACP, They've got it. It's called the Universal Mag Carry. It's from Pitbull Tactical. Hmm. Great name. Ambidextrous. Fits inside or outside the waistband. Any one and a half inch belt, you can carry it with you. 100% money back guarantee. You're going to love it. Go to pitbulltactical.com. Use the offer code Phil for a special introductory offer. You buy one, get the second one half price plus free shipping. Pretty good deal. Pitbulltactical.com. That's pitbulltactical.com. Well, and I think that's what we said. Every one of these sections, they're kind of sectioned off in, in your Bible, but they weren't really sections. They were just him yeah. teaching and preaching. But if you notice, every one of these, when he makes one of these challenges, just like what we just talked about, <coughs> if you do the right thing, it leads you into the next thing, you would get it. Because if, if you're humble, then look at verse 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Well, you can never realize any of those blessings of opportunity unless first you're humble. Yeah. Which is what he's been challenging every step he of the way. He gets to the halfway point, <clears throat> chapter 7, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. And check this out. For this sums up the law and the prophets. You're like, do what? You say, do to others as you would have them do to you. Right. And you said that'll sum up all this. Uh, children obey their parents. Never use God's name in vain. Don't bow down to idols. Uh, children love their parents. Work six days, rest one. Don't murder each other. Don't commit adultery out there. Don't lie. Don't steal. And don't covet. He said, and he says, right, if you'll just do to others what you'd have them do to you, he said, it'll fulfill that whole thing. Correct. And they're See, like, I think, they're like, impossible. What in the world are you talking about? I think they were having a problem when he said that sums up the law and the prophets because they're sitting there thinking, well, who oh, are no. you to sum up the law and the prophets? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Which I think is his underlying point because he's trying to say, I'm the human revelation of God. Trust me. In these matters. But I, he was I in a human this. body, and they said, well, would you believe it if somebody pulled up and said, let me explain to you about right and wrong? I think I would uh, believe it after about the third miracle. <laughs> I would say. It would take three, three miracles. <laughs> One well, made it. But in my case, I said, well, he slicked me somehow or another, because he, he couldn't have done that, really. But, <laughs> right. but you start no. looking at the miracles. You say, how long has that guy been blind? He's, uh, you know, his whole life. And he can see now, you know, 5,000 people just in the, he's just making bread and fish, and it's just, and they're saying. Well, everybody has this conspiracy theory. Walk on theory. water, I, I, that would, would do it for me, I think, yeah. if I just watched I that. I think when I, there's a bunch of water there, and all of a sudden you drink a wine, I was like, huh? <laughs> Where'd that wine come but from? You know, but you know what? Beyond the miracles, though, I mean, I think what Jesus, uh, one of the biggest evidence that he was who he said he was, was that, he is speaking to the dilemma of all humanity. Because I think he's making a case here through the Sermon on the Mount and really the whole this whole his whole 
presence on earth was that, like, you can't do it. Like, it's, it's almost a hopeless message, and then he gives you the way, which is himself, the personification of God in flesh. But Because you think about when he talks about adultery, it's not just don't commit adultery. What does he say? You've heard it say don't commit adultery, yep. but I'm here to tell you that don't even lust after yep. a woman in your heart or you commit it. So yep. he's up in the ante. He, he's up in the game to where when he gets through describing what it means to be righteous, nobody's going to be left standing but him. Oh, and right. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the point, point he's making. Yeah, I think that's the point. Because yeah. he's conveying that I know what's in your mind. Right. Well, that that's a scary thing for people who have been thinking about a lot of bad things. It says in many places Jesus read their minds. He knew what they were thinking. But I'm if he's saying I'm God, well, God <sighs> knows all. He's claiming to know what the prophet said, what the law means, and how judgment's going down. That mm-hmm. you're pretty well in charge. <laughs> but, yeah, but so people, you're the guy. people. That's why I think people who go in here and try to pick apart all the different commands and make them practical—they're missing the whole point. He was. It, it was to me. It was more about I have this authority. You have the rest of your life to read these red letters and figure it out. But if you put your trust in Jesus as the one who has the authority and you keep reading this, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll figure it out where you're least comfortable. That's why a lot of people, they argue about this because they're like, well, don't judge me, Matthew 7. Yep. And then you got religious people saying, oh, yeah, I'm judging you, 1 Corinthians 5. Because it says, judge those who are inside the church. Now, it does yep. say, don't judge those outside. Let, that's God's business. So, and people thought, well, why would Jesus say this in Matthew 7 if Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 5? Because it's a different situation. Here's a person who has claimed that Jesus has the authority and power of their life, but their life is showing that evidently they don't believe Jesus knows everything. <laughs> you see, it. Their life is in complete violation with the authority that they said they were trusting in. Right. So you say, what do you do? You have a different conversation than you would with someone in the world. In the world, we share Jesus. That's why I stay out of all social issues and lifestyle issues, because I'm like, well, if you get hooked on Jesus, you'll work that out. You, you'll realize that those changes will be made. But if you're claiming Jesus is Lord and you're singing on Sunday and then Monday it is obvious that Jesus is not your Lord. And he kind of made that mention in first Corinthians five. Well, then that's a different conversation. Right. And it's not like you go to the street corner or, you know, throw rocks at them, but you go into a room in love and say, what are you doing? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people use the, uh, the whole don't, don't be judgmental passages and certainly out of context, but a, a lot of Christians do that. And I, because they, the, it's the fear of being marginalized by society. It's the it's the it's the desire to be relevant. And on some level, I mean, if you're, I mean, if if, if you follow the, the the teachings of the Bible, you're not going to be accepted by the world. And I think we have to come to grips with that because it's difficult to absorb that. But but it's true. But I think that being judgmental, like I'm not casting judgment on somebody if I tell them what God says. You know, if yeah. if, if I'm just telling you what the law said, I'm telling you what it is. I'm not, I'm not the one casting the judgment, but here is here is what, what the message of, of the cross. And I think where people get um, mad about this is that it is offensive because it, it it what what Jesus is ultimately saying here is that you are not God, and that's offensive to people who want to be God. It's, it's, a, it's it was offensive to me until I repented. And then when I repented, now I see it's beautiful. But it wasn't beautiful when I was living in sin because I was fighting against God. I wanted to be God, but it was a few. I was I, like Phil says, I'm beating against the air. You always quote that verse. I'm a man, like I'm beating against the air. Yep. You're not getting anywhere. So I think it's so relevant. That's why I said the ultimate apologetic for God for Christ is that He's actually speaking to our dilemma. You know, He is speaking to what we're all facing, which is the the uh, unattainable righteousness that we long for. We can't get it. And that's, said, that right. statement in the middle of that chapter 7, Jace, uh, it's the scariest text in the Bible. <clears throat> Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. <clears throat> but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And according to Jesus, 
only a few find it. You boys can pontificate on that one, but every time, every time I read that one, I'm like, only a few find it. I said, how much are a few? And nobody seems to know, and, and I don't either. But well, there's a few would there's be a, a lot. There's seven point the two history, billion. But in the history of the world, every human, if you added them up, a few of those would be a pretty good many. Let's take our last break. <clears throat> got the parable of the sower so maybe it's about 25 percent. good answer Ooh, i like that that's probably true uh well and look it, it he definitely makes a shift here because as jay says the verse 12 is kind of the bumper sticker moment when he says yep. if you'll treat people like you want to be treated you know that sums everything up then he shifts and you notice he starts with the gates and the roads and for the rest of this sermon he gives you two choices every time. Pick this one or pick that one. Yep. He's going to go through these three or four little different illustrations about it. And so I think it. I think his point is more the idea, choose me, but realize that more people will not choose me than will choose me. And I think the proof well, was in the pudding because look, when he gets to the, his crucifixion, how many people hung around huh. and really believed? <laughs> I mean, a lot of Pretty people, well, everybody hit the road. I mean, they almost, including his own disciples. But, but I think you got to keep this in perspective. Look, if this is in light of him introducing a relationship with God, not a, not a rule-keeping system, which is what they had. And now he's introducing the, the kingdom of heaven. And we realize, we know, fast forward, that he's thinking when you get his spirit in you, you're, you're now a part of this and yep. you have a counselor. Because some of these verses, if you try to figure out, like, how many is the is the few, or I mean, I when I read that, I think you better make sure you you go through the right gate. Correct. That that's what I'm saying. That's it's, all that really it's matters. Choice. It's always a choice. And, and when you look at John's version, he says the same thing, but he just always he would focus where Jesus said, "I am the gate." I mean, that was his point. And and even about this ask, seek, and knock, because a lot of people are confused by this. They'll read this. Verse 7 and 8, for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks find him who knocks, the door will be open. Well, there, I can give you thousands of people who will say, well, I asked God, and I, I didn't receive it. What about that? What about unanswered prayer? And so my, my point is, when you seek first the kingdom and God is reigning in your life, you ultimately are receiving anything you ask because all the major stuff is victory for you. Now, it may not look like victory, may not feel like victory, or it may look like God said no, which maybe he did say no. He didn't have but, to say yes. Well, right. But, no, but you know what I mean? The, this sometimes the blessing is in the no, Jace. It's yeah. like, and then he uses a parent situation. He said, well, if a kid goes and asks for fish, would you give him a snake? So what he's saying is when you parent your own children, they ask for things all the time. And sometimes you say yes. Sometimes you say no, but ultimately you're looking out for their greater well-being, and he yep. uses that comparison from God. Well, we read that last podcast. Well, hey, Garth Brooks said it right. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Garth Brooks hit it right. You remember that song? He's a great theologian. I've Garth never Brooks. listened to Garth Brooks. <laughs> well, back in the nineties, he was the he was the that's what that's yeah. the song. He's, he shows up at the high school football game. Sees his girlfriend from high school, and he's like, "Whoa, I'm glad I didn't marry her." <laughs> <laughs> so he, 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 he prayed, he prayed to marry her, but he when he saw her, you know, 20 years later, he's like, "Whoa, thank you." Well, I don't, I wasn't God aware of that song, that, but that's now my favorite song because I've seen a couple of girls I dated too. And- yeah, thank God for unanswered prayer. <laughs> that's pretty good. Is he the one that did a go rest high on the mountain? No, that was Vince Gill. Oh. The only thing I remember I, about I've Garth Brooks is so they, they made a statue uh, of him out in front of a Bass Pro Shop out of butter. <laughs> <laughs> out of butter? Yeah, they had like a carnival, you know what I mean? And it was like... A statue. He's like the, yeah, how, they, how do you how do you not know who he is? He's like the greatest country. He's the great, probably one of the top selling country music artists. In the they didn't play him on the Southern Rock Station, the <laughs> only one we had as a kid. And we had the little radio with the work. <laughs> the only thing we had, I got CCR, Leonard Skinner, and I just 
I just never got into it. Yeah, we missed so, that. We missed sorry. the Garth Brooks run. Yeah. Then I started listening to Christian music, and I just bypassed the Garth Brooks. Yeah, I was Did, wondering why the joke fell flat. I'm looking at you guys, and people yeah. are just looking back at me. I'm like, that, that well, was I funny. Did, I'm kind of like, I'm like Phil with a cell phone. At this stage, I'm over 50, and I've never listened to Garth Brooks. Why should I just ruin that now? <laughs> it's a classic country, I guess, or a classic for his era. So did the butter melt? Like, was he in a hot no, place? It was I like, was wondering how that worked out. This fair. Because, you know, when you go to the county But was fair. it a hot place? Like, if it was well, summertime. Well, you had corn of, on the cob, and you go up there, and they were using <laughs> the statue <laughs> to butter their various. Boy, now you talk about uh, a <laughs> fast food. You talk about wow. country fixings. We're going to butter our corn on a butter statue. Statue of Garth Brooks, America, America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did think that was cool, but that's pretty that's, fun. That's about the only thing I know about Garth Brooks. <laughs> you know, you know, you've arrived if you get a butter statue. If you're a statue of butter, because I think that's where in anything in the cooking line you start with. Butter. It had to have been in Iowa because that's where all the corn is. I, 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 I was state fair. I, I saw that somewhere, and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Yep. I forgot what I was going to say. I had a really good point, which y'all <laughs> was that just totally took me. this podcast Stop. off the rails. I derailed it. What was I going to say? We got a minute and fifteen seconds to oh. say. <laughs> so I haven't been able to say anything in a minute and fifteen seconds in my life. That's yeah. why I, said, I can't even clear my throat in that period of time. Yeah. So where are we headed from so, here? So where we're going to get a teaser? The teaser is. We're going to look at these last three or four choices because he's going to talk about fruit. And he's going to talk about what we actually build a foundation and on. Trees. Oh, and trees. Oh, no, I remember what I was going to say. No, my son, uh, I won't say, one of my kids one time, I was trying to figure out what happened. Teacher called and said one of your kids was involved in this and that. So I say, oh, okay. And so I put all the pieces to the puzzle together while my kid was sitting there. And they said, well, you're just judging me. You can't prove this. Because Matthew 7, you know, yeah. said, stop, stop judging me. <laughs> I said, but I know why you did it and how you did it. So, yeah, I'm making a judgment. Is that what you were doing? And is that why you were doing it? He's like, well, yeah, but you're still judging me, which is not right. <laughs> Boy, he had learned to learn. But it made me think of that verse because I thought that's what people do. They're like, you know, we live in a place where you're not guilty unless it's proven in a court of law, which I appreciate that as an American citizen. But in God's eyes, he knows why you did it, when you did it, where you did it, how you did it, and And what you think about doing it. In God's eyes, eyes, you're guilty. Oh, well, he knows. So so why would you try to live like that didn't happen? And which is, I feel like that's what Jesus was attacking there. And to your earlier point, yours and Zach's, the reason he could say that with full authority is because he is the judge. Well, I thought, I think that's the overlying point. You can't do what I can do because you're not me. Don't miss the forest for the trees on the Sermon on the Mount. Perfect. Next time we'll talk about trees. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.